Last week, my own scriptural readings had me in the book of James. And if you've ever read James, which I'm sure you have, the second chapter is where we get into that, I think people think of it as problematic section about faith and works. What's the proper balance? Can one come without the other or before the other? And so I'll read to you kind of the classic part right in the middle of that chapter. Listen, if we only, quote, have faith, a man could easily challenge us by saying, you say that you have faith and I have merely good actions. Well, all you can do is to show me a faith without corresponding actions, but I can show you by my actions that I have faith as well. And right there, that's really the crux of the whole matter. The question, can we say that we have faith in Jesus if our lives do not correspond, whereas does it not give the lie to our so-called faith if someone else simply lives the way of Jesus and has yet to believe? That's the whole kind of weightiness of that question. Which, this week, I got into the book of John in my own reading, and I came across this. This is from John 7. This is Jesus talking. And I think this is a fascinating idea as we think about this idea of uh, faith, works, and also his will and our will. So listen, John 7. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Isn't that interesting? People came to Jesus and they wanted him to really prove himself, to really show and explain to them in such a way that they would understand that his teaching, yes, had to have come from God because X, Y, or Z. But did you hear what Jesus said? If you want to know whether his teaching, whether his way comes from God, what do you have to do? Choose to do the will of God. What a fascinating idea that Jesus is actually broadcasting to the world that the first thing we're supposed to do is to choose to do the will of God, even to choose to want to do the will of God. So there I was ruminating last week in James 2, this week in John 7, and it reminded me of a lesser read novel of Tolstoy's. It's called Resurrection. It's absolutely wonderful. You should read it. But there's this sort of culminating thought from one of the characters, and I want to just read it to you, and then there's one more quote. I'm all tied up with words and quotes this week. So this is from Tolstoy's Resurrection. The character says, The work that our life accomplishes, the whole of this work, the meaning of it, is not, nor can it be intelligible to me. To understand it, to understand the whole of the Master's will, is not in my power. But to do his will that is written down in my conscience is in my power. That I know for certain. And when I am fulfilling it, I have sureness and peace. That's a quotation that I kind of slowly meander back to from time to time. Because friends, cannot we feel the same way sometimes? Sometimes don't we look at our life and do we think, what is this accomplishing? Like, what is the whole story and the meaning of all that he has been trying to do in me? We look back with that so-called 2020 hindsight and we don't actually even see it yet. 
We want to understand and we want to see what the master's will is as we look forward and yet we can't. But I think that the challenge that Tolstoy is laying out to us is that today in these little meetings and maybe a class period you're about to walk into or on a vacation you're about to set up today, yes, we may listen. We may hear that there is something he would have us do and we may do it. And that obedience, which is in our power, brings sureness and peace. So my first question to myself and to you is this morning, did you actually choose to do the will of God? Did you wake up and say, I will follow him today? Because in so doing and so willing, you've set yourself up in a position where you're going to actually receive his teaching from within. And as you set out and as you do those little aspects of his will that is served up to you moment to moment, do you know what you're doing? You're proving the entirety of your faith. The faith and works balance becomes balanced. Which then leads me to this guy that I'm absolutely falling in love with right now. Some of you, if you've had coffee with me recently, you've heard ad nauseum about George MacDonald. I'm just absolutely enamored with George MacDonald right now. So I've been reading in his long unspoken sermons lately, and it speaked, speaked, great word, spoke exactly to these thoughts of the last two weeks. And I just want to share with you one more quotation and send you on your way. MacDonald wrote, to let their light shine, not to force on them their interpretations of God's designs, is the duty of Christians toward their fellows. If you who set yourselves to explain the theory of Christianity had set yourselves instead to do the will of the master, the one object for which the gospel was preached to you, how different would now be the condition of that portion of the world with which you come into contact? Had you given yourselves to the understanding of his word that you might do it and not to the quarrying from it of material wherewith to buttress your systems, in many a heart by this time would the name of the Lord be loved where now it remains unknown. The word of life would then by you have been held out indeed. Men, undeterred by your explanations of Christianity, for you would not be forcing them on their acceptance and attracted by your behavior would be saying to each other, as Moses said to himself when he saw the bush that burned with fire and was not consumed, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Friends, how might we prove our faith? How might we act in such a way that our faith is, yes, proven and yet shines like a light? How might we set our will to choose to do the Father's will and then to find Jesus' word, his will to be true in our own lives? Well, it is to let our light shine. It is not to set to explain the theory of Christianity, but actually to show the world with which we come into contact, Jesus. To listen to his word. It's, it's so simple, my friends, it's right there in the gospels, to listen to it and to allow it to uh, go down deep and set its roots into our heart. And then to go out and simply to live it, uh, to give it away, 
to show it in love, well then yes, that would be the word of life having its way and being held out indeed. Because how many would be undeterred by our explanations of Christianity if they could simply look at us and see the Christ? So if it's your desire in this day of your human life to actually have faith and to live it out in action and works, if it's your goal to set to choose his will and then to turn around and hear his voice from within that really proves it, if it's your goal to find that little incremental part of what he's trying to do and to stamp upon the ages in this time, (laughs) well, then let's actually follow Jesus today. There is a man who came down out of the hill country above the Galilee, walked up to men and women like you and me and simply said, follow me. And then he turned around and walked away. And you know what the choice was? To follow or not. The choice has never changed. And today is the template upon which we can actually follow him. So I'm about to get out of this place where I record my podcast. And you know what I'm going to try and do? I'm going to try and do it. To follow him. And I pray, as I often say, that when I'm out and there about and in the world, and if I run into you, I hope that you're doing the same, because then we will prove it all over again. Thanks so much for listening.